Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Today I'm starting a two-part series on our home is in heaven. And while we're here on this earth, it's not getting any better while we're down here, but we have a light set before us that every day grows brighter as we're headed toward heaven. Let's go to the Word of God together and find out about that place God has for us. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It is great to have you here today. Now, I don't have to remind you or tell you about we're living in bad times today. The whole world seems to be falling apart so rapidly around us. But this was prophesied in the Word of God, told us in the Word of God. But even Jesus said, we see all these things begin to come to pass. Look up. Your redemption is near. We need to understand that we have a redeeming day coming that's going to take us out of this earth into heaven for seven years. Then we'll return back with Jesus at the end of that time period, as he comes back to establish his kingdom on this earth, and this whole earth's gonna be different. In other words, what we're seeing around us today is just temporary, we need to understand that. And look past this and also know God has time in his hands, but there's also another destination. We are only here for a while, we'll go to that destination, which is heaven. And of course, that could be coming very soon with the rapture of the church. So I wanna talk about heaven. I wanna talk about what is this you know, light that we have at the end of our path that the Bible talks about. In fact, turn to Proverbs chapter four. We're gonna take a look at verse 18 and understand that we have, again, a city on a hill. We have this place out there that God has for us, and it is absolutely a perfect place. You know, I was listening to somebody the other day, and they're talking about... <clears throat> You know, the fact that, uh, you know, they had, they, they were part of the uh, LGBT plus community. Anyway, they were talking about that their material and they talked about the Bible and said, but how do you know the Bible's right and how you know we're wrong? And I thought it was interesting what the man said. He said, well, let me ask you this. How many times have you changed your, your, your beliefs and changed and added to LGBT? How many times has there been another letter added to it or the plus at the end? They said, well, you know, we have to keep improving. He says, well, the Bible never needs to be improved. You keep changing it because either you're wrong and now you're making it right, or you were wrong and now you're making it more right. Who's to say you won't have to change it again? And they just looked at him and what he said was, he said, the Bible, the moment it was completed, at the end of it says, no man can take away or add to it. The Bible has never been changed because it was perfect while it was being written perfect when it came to an end and will never have to be changed. That is why we know what we have is right. And so the Bible was written long before all these new movements came along and all before the, the created sins we see around us and that man can come up with all the answers he have. All that God has was written before that time and we stand on a completed word of God. This is where we're gonna to go today to take a look at the fact we have a hope that is set before us and that hope is the city heaven. We're going there and uh, lots of great things that will happen there throughout all of eternity. While you're finding Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, let me just say thank you to all who support the broadcast, those who pray for us every day, uh, those who stand in faith with us for the decisions we make, and then also for the word that goes out that people will hear it, receive it, be born again, and become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then beyond that point, we're asking, would you become a partner with us? Beyond getting saved, 
becoming a partner with us, would you also take that partnership and make it part of your a daily life that not only do you list the word of God here, not only do you order the product we have here, not only you have them playing in your car, but on top of that, you support us on a monthly basis with your prayers, but also with your finances. Would you do that? Because that's what makes this broadcast possible. I've had people say, yeah, but God makes this broadcast possible. Yes, he does, but he doesn't rain down money on us. The part that causes it to go out is you uh, offering what you have, your finances and whatever amount you can afford, put it all together and we can do great and mighty things with that. And it's eternal. Anything else you do on this earth is not eternal, but what you do for God is. And so if you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to my website, bobyandian.com. And uh, you can find a place there where you can become a partner with me. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Proverbs chapter four and verse 18 says this, the path of the just is a shining light that shines more and more until the perfect day. This is what our life is. The path that we have is as a shining light. And then on top of that, it gets brighter every day. That means the longer you live on this earth, every day gets brighter than the day before. And one day we'll get to the brightest spot of all. We will die and go to the city of light and that is heaven itself. You know, the man that started our church that I became the pastor of, I was the third pastor, but the man that actually began the church uh, would teach on on age somewhat because he was in his 50s at the time. And so we thought that was old. He didn't think it was that old because again, when you turn 50, you begin to realize, eh, you know, I might have another 30 or 40 years left on this earth. But what he said was this, I thought was interesting. He said, youth is a disease. And every new day brings a little more healing. I like that, don't you? Every day that you live, you understand something. The things I thought when I was young, I was dumb. I was stupid. Thank God I've got older. Thank God I'm more mature today than I was back then. And my thinking has improved. But the only way for your thinking to improve is to get rid of the mind of Bob or the mind of Bill or the mind of Mary and get the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is the word of God, where the word of God replaces your thinking with God's thinking. And by doing so, there's suddenly peace. There's suddenly joy joy. There's suddenly light at the end of the tunnel. This is what we're headed toward a day when we will stand with God. And if you don't go by way of the rapture of the church, you will go by his physical death in this earth. And physical death is just passing from one side to the other. Understand this, for believers, each day should be more like heaven until we arrive there. That's why to live long on the earth, you see people more at peace, not wanting to have to run around and do what they used to, and uh, you know, and visit all the places they used to. By this time in life, they're simply saying, I've seen it all, I don't wanna see any more, I just want to go to church. I just want to be around my friends. And I just want to just fellowship with God every day and talk to people about Jesus until I leave this earth and go to heaven. So each day is one day closer to heaven and one day less on earth. Earth's desires become more dim and heaven's becomes a bit brighter every day. For unbelievers, those that don't know Jesus, every day is more like hell until they get there. Each day for the unbeliever is one day closer to the unknown. In fact, there was a famous famous atheist in history and through his lifetime, people witnessed to him. He kept saying no. And when he died, this was his statement. Now for a leap into the unknown. But eternity doesn't have to be an unknown. The word informs us of what eternity is like and the word of God is truth. My words, they are spirit and they are truth. The word informs us. Our outward man, that is our 
physical body grows more frail every day, but the inward man gets stronger every day. In fact, this is in the word of God, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day. And we can see our outward man perishing despite all the surgeries, despite all the ointments, despite all the things that supposedly make us look better, and some do, but the point of it is you may look better, but you're not. You may look younger, but you're not. It says our outward man is perishing, but our inward man is renewed day by day. Every day you get older in your body, but every day you never age in your inward man. It's the same all the time. It basically comes to this. Life is temporary, but heaven and hell are eternal. Luke chapter 16, we have the story here of the uh, that Jesus told of the uh, the uh, rich man that went to hell and, and Lazarus that went to heaven. It says in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, there was a certain rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in splendor every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, filled with sores, who desired to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And besides that, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also uh, died and was buried. In hell, he lifted up his eyes. I want you to notice this. It said the rich man also died and was buried. It just says that Lazarus died and angels carried him away. The rich man died and was buried. Doesn't say here that Lazarus was buried. He may not have had a, a burial at all. He may not have had a funeral at all. They just took his body out, threw it on some heap somewhere. But boy, did they have a did they have a funeral for the rich man? The rich man also died and was buried. Verse twenty three. In hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment and saw Abraham a long way off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. See, Lazarus had been his servant. He's still trying to treat him like a servant. Send him to me for I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember in your lifetime, you received good things and Lazarus received evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. Beside this, between us and you, there is an impassable gulf so that those who desire to pass from here to you cannot, nor can they pass from there to us. Then he said, I pray therefore, Father, that you would send to my father's house servants, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them so they would not come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Listen to them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, if one went to them from the dead, they would repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if one rose from the dead. And Jesus here in this story was referring to himself. Because even when Jesus came back from the dead, many did not believe in him. And so if a person came back from the dead, and believe me, there was times in the word of God where people did come back from the dead and some people got saved because of it, but many people did not. I want you to go back to the opening phrase of this certain passage that we just looked at and take a look with me here at where it began. In verse 19, Jesus said there was a certain rich man. You know, when Jesus started parables, he would often say this. He said, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto, but when Jesus said there was, this was a true story. 
Jesus has lived on the other side for so long in heaven and saw this story occur before he came to earth and told this story. So most religions believe in a heaven, but they believe in hell, but hell is in this life. And they talk about there's a place out there that we can leave the, the, the confines of this life and the religions teaching this talk about there's a nirvana, there's Elysian fields, there's 40 virgins out there for you. Some believe in reincarnation, therefore they teach that hell is in this lifetime, but the next lifetime will be better. Satan is the author of religion. Religion is a reward based on your good works. This is how you get good things from God. Satan was in heaven and he knows about hell. He's been cast there, seen it, and he will eventually be there for a thousand years and eventually thrown into the lake of fire. After that, forever and forever. Satan twists the entrance into heaven into your works and my works, and all religions teach works for eternal life. Man does all the work and he gives it to God. God receives it and man gets the glory. But in Christianity, it's the other way around. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship based on God. And therefore, God did all the work, offers it to man. Man receives the work and God gets all the glory. Total turnaround, I'm gonna say that again. In religion, man does all the work, gives it to God. God receives those works and man gets the glory. In Christianity, God did all the work and offers it to man, but man receives the work and God gets all the glory. So this story is not teaching that heaven is for poor and mistreated people. No, both rich and poor will be in heaven. Riches will send you to hell. That's the story, but, but riches and poor will be in hell also. Rich people and poor people will be in hell. Heaven is for the ones with good works. That's what people teach, but good works for salvation will take you further from heaven. Heaven is a free gift by simply receiving God's life by simple grace, simple faith in God. See you right after the break. Heaven is real, and it's the final destination and eternal home of every born-again believer. In this nine-part series, Pastor Bob Yanyan describes in detail exactly what the Word of God tells us we can look forward to as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Heaven is God's home, Jesus' home, and it is our home. Message titles include The Home of God, Why Abraham Lived in a Tent, Children of the City, The New Jerusalem, The Heavenly City, Eternal City of Jerusalem, The Lamb's Book of Life, Rewards in Heaven, and The Tree of Life. To order Heaven, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com.
Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. The story of the rich man and Lazarus here in this particular story that Jesus told was not about how bad hell is and good heaven is. No, it's simply telling you the simplicity of going to heaven or going to hell. If you just don't receive Jesus, that's a simple plan. You end up in hell. But if you do receive Jesus in this lifetime, you go to heaven. And that was the difference between the rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus had received the Lord as his savior and the rich man was falling back on his riches thinking that's what, what would get him into heaven. And it has nothing to do with us. It has to do with a simple decision to receive Jesus as Lord and savior. So this story is not teaching heaven is for the poor and the mistreated. Again, because rich and poor people will be in heaven. This story is not teaching that riches will send you to hell because both rich and poor people will be in hell. If there's rich people and poor people in heaven and rich people and poor people in hell, then how in the world do you go from one place to the other? It's not by your money because you can't buy your way into heaven. It's by simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The other teaching is heaven is for the ones who did good works. But good works where salvation will actually take you further from heaven. Heaven is a free gift. It's by simply receiving God's life by grace. So there is no second chance after death to go to heaven. Let me just say this, while we are here on this earth, the greatest thing that God has given to us is the uh, command to go and preach the gospel into all nations. You know, the disciples met with Jesus in chapter one of Acts, just as he stood on the Mount of Olives, ready to go to heaven. And he's trying to tell them, wait for the Holy Spirit. And they interrupted him practically. And they said, uh, when's the kingdom coming? When are you gonna establish the, when are you gonna turn the kingdom back over to Israel? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons which are in my father's hands. I believe it's important to get involved politically. I believe it's important to vote and all that, but understand something, it's not in my hands. These end times and where the earth is headed to is not in the hands of me or the church. No, it's in God's hands. Here's what is in my hands. He said to them after that, now go into all the world and preach the gospel. What he was saying was, this is in your hands. This has been given to you. And this is your command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Whoever believes in me will be saved. Whoever does not believe in me will be damned. That is our message. The main reason we are here, because it is eternal. No kingdom on this earth outside of Israel is eternal. The United States is not eternal. Russia, uh, you know, the UK, none of these other nations are eternal. Only Israel is eternal. In fact, we don't even know when Israel began. In chapter 14 of the book of Genesis, we have Abraham meeting Melchizedek, and Melchizedek was the king of Salem. That's Jerusalem. In chapter 14 of Genesis, Jerusalem already existed, and there is no end to it. So we have no idea when it began. It didn't start like any other nation. It was just here. And so it represents the eternal nation, the one eternal nation on the face of this earth, the one eternal nation that Jesus will sit in and be on the throne in Jerusalem and sit there and rule on this earth. He will be there. And in fact, the, the place was called the New Jerusalem. And so Jesus will be here. But in the meantime, I'm simply telling you again that while we are here, the greatest thing God has given to us 
us is the, is the opportunity to minister. That is called the Great Commission. A commission is a command, and God simply commands us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. They'll, they'll speak with other tongues when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Make disciples out of all these nations. And twice he has told us in Matthew and also in Mark's gospel about the Great Commission. And so we're pointing out that that's what we do while we're here because we have a chance while we were here to lead other people to the Lord. We preach while we're here and other people listen while they're here. But if they accept Jesus as Lord and Savior while they were here, they responded to the gospel that we preached to them because Jesus isn't here preaching anymore except through us. But on the other hand, if they reject Jesus, they reject Jesus while they're here and they'll spend eternity in hell and eventually the lake of fire. There is no chance, there is no second chance after death to go to heaven. Some preach a second chance. Some preach if they go to a place, a waiting place, and our offerings, our giving of money will help get them out of there. And the point of it is money can't buy salvation. And after we are gone, there is no other chance. Jesus told Martha in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Look at verse 26. And whosoever lives and believes in me will never die. You cannot believe on him after your life is gone, after you leave this earth. While you're here and while you're alive, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. There is no chance after we die from this earth. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, it is appointed to man once to die after that comes the judgment. You and I have been giving the divine responsibility. In other words, what was Jesus' job while he came on this earth? Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. What's our job while we are here? He has sent us here to seek and to save those who are lost. The same power Jesus had to minister the gospel, the same Bible and more has been given to us and the Holy Spirit that came on Jesus to lead people to them and lead people to Jesus, to lay hands on them and see them recover. This incredible power that was given to Jesus said, you shall receive the same power that's come upon me has now come upon you and you'll take the gospel to all the world. This is how we perform miracle signs and wonders. And also that's used to bring people to Jesus as Lord and Savior. The closing chapter of the book of Romans tells us, Paul said, when I came to you, I fully preached the gospel of Christ from Jerusalem and roundabout unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ by mighty signs and wonders. You know what that verse is telling you? If signs and wonders do not accompany your ministry, you are not fully preaching the gospel of Jesus. Oh, you could be saying it with your words and talking to people and trusting in the Holy Spirit just to persuade them, but we also have something else we can come to because the main purpose of signs, wonders, and miracles is not just to alleviate pain and not just so you can get out of your bed and go on a vacation somewhere. No, the main purpose of why you are healed and signs and wonders occur in your life is because you can now stand up and go minister to people and they can you can see the miracle that happened and realize I could heal myself and I can't get myself to heaven. If Jesus can heal me, then apparently he can get me into heaven too. And they'll receive Jesus. When Jesus did signs, wonders, and miracles, often the next phrase says, and many believed in him. Hebrews chapter nine and verse 27 again says, it's appointed unto man once to die. After that comes the judgment. So heaven and hell are predetermined by our choice before we die. John 3 Verse 17 and 18, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might 
be saved. Notice this, it's God did everything he could. Jesus did everything he could. He offers it to us, but we have to receive it. And it's not saying here, everyone will receive salvation. No, in fact, we're told in, in uh, Jesus' sermon on the Mount that there'll be more that go to hell than go to heaven. It's a broad road that leads to destruction and many there be that find it. And in comparison, he said, few there be that find the way to eternal life. The salvation message needs to be offered to everybody, but everybody needs to have a chance to say yes or no to Jesus Christ and his crucifixion and resurrection for them. So John 3, 17 and 18, again, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes on him is not condemned, but he who believes not is condemned already because he has not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So religion teaches us there is no hell. You make your own hell on earth. But folks, you are as good as in hell while on earth if you reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is the essence and the importance of our call on earth. We have a lot of things to do while we're here. We're told to pray for those in authority over us. We're told to submit to those around us. We're, we're taught to be good citizens and everything. But the number one thing that Jesus Christ left us with is the only eternal thing. And that eternal thing is leading a person to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What enters into them is eternal life. What leaves from this from them is death. What they enter into is a life in heaven. They leave a life in hell. Uh, they join the family of God by leaving the family of Satan. And they gain eternal life by leaving their eternal death that they have been in. So again, you are as good as in hell while on earth if you reject Jesus. Adam made earth a waiting room for hell. Jesus makes earth a waiting room for heaven. God made heaven and hell so different from each other, it should be simple an obvious desire before we choose it. If we hear about it, it's almost like that's too good to be true. It is, but it is true. And so if you receive it, you receive everything good from heaven and leave everything bad from hell. If you have not received Jesus, this in this earth is as close to heaven as you will ever be. If you've accepted Jesus, this is as close to hell as you will ever be this lifetime that we are here on earth. So heaven is everything good and everything possibly imaginable. I know when people hear about it, they say, oh, that's just, that's just crazy to think you either go to hell and suffer for all of eternity and, or go to heaven and have to be perfect for all of eternity. That's it. I'm telling you it's true. The Bible says it's true. And I know a man that's, you know, for years he was part of the, the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. And as a Christian said, I was out there when many were dying. I got there just when a people after a car wreck were dying. And he said, you could tell the difference between a person who was dying that didn't know Jesus and a person that did know Jesus. Those that didn't know Jesus were fearful and screaming and not knowing what was going to happen. And he said, but they wouldn't listen to me. I tried to explain to them, even in the closing moments of their death, how to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. But he said, Christians who were dying were peaceful. You could see Jesus many times, talk about how great and peaceful and what a wonderful life they had lived and now they're going to be with the Lord. Again, what a difference. So what does heaven have? Well, it's a gated community, mansions for everybody, gold streets, foundations of diamonds under every building, perfect weather and lit by the presence of God, total joy, no sin, no sinners, no poverty, no sickness, no regrets, no sadness, continual worship and praise and singing and fellowship with God, Jesus Christ and all the saints from all ages are in heaven. 
an eternal resurrection body each one of us will have, which can go from one end of the universe to the other immediately. I mean, we can just say it and be there, think it and be there to the farthest limits of the universe. We're not bound by the speed of light. We're only bound by the speed of thought. Think it and you're there. The universe will be our playground to visit and enjoy forever and forever. And I believe the universe out there is almost limitless, probably is limitless. It just goes on and on because why? It's a creation of God who is totally unlimited. All these things, and listen, if you're watching right now and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then I simply ask you, open up your heart. I'm going to pray with you right now and simply let Jesus Christ become the Lord of your life and accept him as your Savior. Pray this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of my life. I thank you Jesus died for me, and I thank you I can receive him right now. And in Jesus' name, I am now a child of God. If you did that, would you contact me? I'm looking forward to it. We'll continue this tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.